and just leave in the parking lot. Okay, everybody's clear? Okay, you, is that okay? Anything else needed? Okay, yeah. great. Oh, yeah, everyone, everyone has a, everyone has a pre assigned van. Um, I'm going to be in the road parking lot at 1.30 with you guys. So, like, it's not like just get out of there and get out of there. Okay, this is a fun topic, guys, that I've never been shared on before. Okay, so many of you have heard the idea that maybe mitzvot have a different status in Chutz Laretz and in Eretz Yisrael. And the question is, is that true in our tradition? Now let's clarify what mitzvahs we're talking about. Obviously, things like Shemitah and Shumot are limited to land of Israel, right? None of you kept the sabbatical year in Beechwood or in, you know, West Orange. Okay, but, what, so that's pretty obvious. But what about things like Sukkot and Tefillin? Like, would you say, okay, that's not an Israel thing, so my Tefillin wearing is all the same, whether I'm in Los Angeles or in Tverio. Would you say even for those mitzvot, there is a difference? And that's, I think, a pretty important topic. Like, how much does our tradition really emphasize authentic Jewish life, specifically in the land of Israel? How much do we say, no, you can have a pretty rich Jewish life even outside the land of Israel? Tov. Are we going to address the difference between what the actual borders are now or what the borders were? Um, well, excuse me. I wasn't planning, like, why do I need to do that? I mean, one question is Eretz Israel versus Lutzars. Then we can debate, how do we define what is Eretz Israel? But couldn't that be like a secondary question that we could put aside? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're not going to ask that question. We are not going to figure out if a lot is actually part of Israel or not. Is that, is that, the, is that the Nafka Minidov? Would you like to move to a lot? No college basketball Okay, we're going to leave that aside. Okay, so let's start with the famous source, guys. It all comes from a Sifri, right? Sifri, of course, is the Midrash Halacha on by Midburn Farm. So it's from the famous Pesukim from the second paragraph of Shema. What does it say in Shema? First, it talks about if you do mitzvot, and if you don't do mitzvot. What's going to happen if you don't do mitzvot? You're going to go into Galut. What does it say right after the Galut? What does it talk about? Which mitzvot come up right away, guys? Tefillin and mitzvot, right? So says the Sifri, what's going on? How come these mitzvot come up immediately after the idea of Galut? This is the famous source of this idea. Why do mitzvot and chutzlarets? It is only to keep in practice, right? Really, mitzvot are meant for, it sounds like mitzvot are really meant for the land of Israel. So what does the Torah tell me in the second paragraph of Shema? When you go into exile, keep doing the mitzvot so you'll stay in practice. Okay, so if you want, if you are a flaming Zionist, you like this idea, here is your source. Okay, David Bentor is looking happy. Okay, we have to decide who has a better shirt today, David Bentor or Joey Gidalia, not sure. Okay. Okay, fine. all of last year. Okay, and so in any case, now, notice one interesting thing. Which mitzvot is the Sifri talking about? So at least on an explicit level, it's not so clear, right? It just says the word mitzvot. Wait, wait, does the Sifri say the word Tefillin and Mezuzah? No. The Sifri just says mitzvot. Okay, now Rashi, of course, chooses which midrashim to quote. Rashi thinks that this midrash is worth quoting, so we go to Rashi. The Samdurai, even after you're in exile, now Rashi, unlike the Sifri, Rashi is specific. Rashi says, what mitzvah are we talking about? Tefillin and mitzvah. Now to be fair to Rashi, this is hardly a you know, radical chiddush of Rashi. 
Why did Rashi pick Tefillin and Mezuzah? That's what the Pesukim are about, right? It's not as if Rashi, he's like, oh Rashi, how do you know that? Why do you do that? So I want to be fair to Rashi here. You could say Rashi is the simple reading of the Sifri. But then we're going to come back to this later. The Sifri just said the word mitzvah. Now if Rashi's right, we seem to have a pretty radical idea. Or for those of the flaming Zionists, they'll love it. What does it sound like? Not only is Shemitah meant for the land of Israel, even mitzvot such as Tefillin and Mezuzah. So at that point you seem to say, all mitzvot are really meant for the land of Israel. That would seem to really downplay the value and worth of mitzvah performance in Chutzlitz. That's what the position that Rashi seems to be advancing here. David? Uh, very good. So that is quite interesting. In a certain sense, the morale is going to make that point. Okay, you know, maybe we'll uh, jump ahead for a second, actually. Okay, I wasn't going to do that now, but we'll jump ahead. There's a way, actually, no, we'll wait a little bit, wait a little bit, because there is a way to kind of tone this down, as David just said. Okay, yeah, Yoni. Okay, interesting. So Yoni's giving us an interesting approach. I mean, even if I go with Rashi, maybe there's something kind of unique to Tefillin and Mezuzah that they're not the same as other mitzvot. That Tefillin and Mezuzah we need to point out in a way that we wouldn't have to for, you know, Sukkot and Pesach or something like that, or Shabbos. So we're going to come back to that possibility. Yeah, Aaron? Under, like, Rashi and the Sifri's understanding, would, would this also apply to mitzvot Lotasad, or specifically the Sifri? Oh, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure. That's a good question. I'm not sure what the answer is. Yeah, Noah? Ah, that's interesting. So, I sp- it's such a question. I, I suppose one could say it either way. You're right. You're saying, you could say, if I, if, no one wants to connect this to how I think. No, there is something to what he's saying, actually. Okay, no one wants to connect this to how I think about Tameh HaMitzvah. So let, let's see, uh, let's think, guys. You might even say that's the Chakir. You can make like a Lundish Chakir about Machshav over here. If I think about Tameh in a this-worldly impact, like let's say, why do I do Shiloh HaKan? Because then I'll learn to be merciful on the animal kingdom. So if I say that, what could one argue? Well, shouldn't that be true just as much outside of Israel as Israel? So if I have a very this-worldly approach to Tamiya Mitzvot, it'll be less obvious to go this Sifri approach. If I think in more metaphysical terms, that when I do Shiloh God, it makes metaphysical machinery move and fixes the rift in the cosmos, so at that point, it might be easier to argue that in the land of Israel, you have this conduit to the metaphysics in a way that you don't. That's a no, that's what you mean? Yeah, it's a good point. You, you could make that claim. Okay, you could, in theory, say this might be a function of how I think about the purpose of mitzvah. Yeah? Um, do you think the Sifri um, and Rashi are saying that the only reason for why we do mitzvah outside of Eretz Israel is so that we come back now we're ready, or do you think it's just like a partial aspect? Okay, so we'll come back to that also. Okay? All right, anybody else with a comment on this? Yeah, uh, Avi. Okay, we'll get there in a minute also. Gets to David Bentor's point. Okay, good. Now, one more person. I think I, we, we've said this before, guys. I'd say if you want, if you are a real Zionist here, oh, guys, remind me again. Who in general is the flaming Zionist this year? David Bentor, right? Okay, here's David Bentor. So, David, you need to know this. Okay, so who are the two we showed him who most expressed the significance of the land of Israel? Ramban. Ramban and? I would say the Kuzri, a beautiful lady. Very good. Okay, they are the two great lovers of the land of Israel. And Ramban put his money where his mouth is, of course, at the end of his life. He moved to Israel. Notice there's a shul in the old city called Beit Knesset Ramban. 
Why is there no shul in the old city called Beit HaKnesset Rashi? Because Rashi never came here. But the Ramban did come here. Okay, so the right, and by the way, it wasn't so easy to come here in the 1260s. Okay, so I think Ramban gets credit for, uh, you know, sticking to his ideals. So let's see what the Ramban says. He famously quotes this also. Here it is. Here's the line. For all mitzvot, they are essentially performed in the land of Israel. The Rabban is quite explicit. And then he even says something very interesting. If you skip down to the middle of the fifth line, he says, so apparently at the time of Yechezkel, some Jews thought, okay, the covenant's over. Now this is quite interesting historically. Why would some Jews think the covenant is over in the time of Yechezkel? What happened? Where is he, where, I don't know where Yechezkel prophesizes mostly. Yechezkel prophesizes in Bavel. So that's the story of the first Galut. Now I always point this out, guys. You have to think a bit historically. When we hear... Does Jewish life go on in the exile? For us, it's not much of a question. We did it for centuries. We're good at it. We did it for the last 2,000 years. Like, of course, Jewish life goes on in the exile. But imagine you were alive at the first Churban Habayit. Wouldn't it be a little bit of a question? Right? You don't really know another model. You're used to the idea that you have a Ben Midrash and you live in the land of Israel, and that's where religious life flourishes. So you could easily have this Havamin, as it were. Once we go into Gold Bavel, it's all over. Like, the game's up. Like, the breed comes to a halt. But now, for the Ramban, people who thought that, in some sense, weren't actually being crazy. What were they basically saying? Oh, Mitzvot are really meant for the land of Israel, so therefore we kind of think that the game's up now that we're here in Galut. But of course, the Ramban doesn't think the game's up, but it gives a different angle on that thought process in the time of Yechezkel. Okay, we're good? Great. Let's look at the other Ramban four, and then we'll start to balance things a little bit. Okay, so in Source 4, the Ramban says this again. As you guys know, there's a famous question, whether the Avot kept the mitzvot or not. Okay, and those of you who don't think they did, good news, a lot of you showed them around your side. Okay, not everybody thinks the Avot kept Kola Torah Kula. Okay, what, I'm sorry? Is it like the Torah Pshat on our side? Yes, and the Pshat's on your side also. That is correct, Aaron. Okay. Yes, yes, the Pshat is on your side. Okay, so says the Ramban, so Avram, according to this line of Ramban, did have access to the whole Torah. Right, he does, has kind of a middle position. Ramban says Avram did keep the whole Torah Kula, but in what category was he? So that makes him a lot more flexible. He was like a woman deciding to keep sitting in a sukkah. She has an option and it's a mitzvah, but it's not obligatory. That's how Avram related to mitzvah. Why does that help? Once it's kind of voluntary, what could Avram have decided? When do I really have to keep it? In Eretz Yisrael, which fits the Ramban, right? Because that's the essential place for Torah mitzvah. What works out very nicely for the Ramban? Well, one of the problems for those who say the Avot kept the Torah is that they actually don't, right? Once there's a Torah, one of the Arayot is you're not supposed to marry two sisters. Okay, Yaakov obviously does marry sisters, but what works out nicely for the Ramban? Yeah, but that's when he left Israel, right? He left Israel to go get married. He ran away from Esau. Ah, so since he was in Enamitsuva territory and he was in the land of Israel, that's why he was willing to marry sisters. Okay, so that all works out in the Ramban. I just point out one thing, although... I admit this always bothered me a little bit. 
Okay, when does Yaakov stop, as it were, violating the prohibition of marrying sisters? When Rachel dies. When does she die? When they're coming back from the Israel. So the Ramban says that. It's like a little chilling, the idea that Rachel dies so that Yaakov wouldn't violate anymore the prohibition of marrying sisters. But, uh, so that's the question for another time. But we've now worked out theory one on the board, which takes the Midrash seriously. It's really true. David Bentor said, we'll tell all of you guys will have to make Aliyah, because real religious life is only in the land of Israel, not just as far as Shemitah is concerned, even as far as Tefillin and Mrs. are concerned. That's the position of Rashi and the position of the Ramban. Yeah, Joshua Bureau. Okay, look, I, I think the simple shot is, as Aaron said, that the Ovo did not keep the Torah. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, like, doesn't that disprove what the Ramban is saying? That well, the Ovo always kept him in Israel. We have proof of Abraham, but he didn't keep him in uh, Yeah, I'm not sure what the Ramban would say about that, but I think he, there might be ways to get out of it. Okay, anybody else with a comment we don't tell now? Okay. Now let's start to show that there is another side. Okay. We're going to see, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if we should make, I haven't made David Bento the Zionist, I don't know if we make somebody else the uh, representative of Galut. Who should we make the representative of Galut? Ellie Jarosho? Okay, you're, 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 the, you're the anti-Zionist, Ellie? Yeah, after last night, I was quoting Rosh Hashanah saying you don't live in Israel at all. Okay, there we go, okay. We, we want to say it this way. It's not recording. Can you clarify that? Okay. Just let Rav Shechter spoke about Israel enough, guys. Don't quote anything based on Israel. Golly, just read his read, read his article about Israel. Okay, <laughs> it's actually available online. You can find it online. Okay, so uh, we were now going to start to tone it down a little bit and see the other side. So before we see the other side, let's actually start toning it down a little bit. So the Gurari, of course, who remembers who wrote the Gurari? It's the Maral, and it's the super commentary on Rashi. Remember, guys, Rashi is very important. So important that there are like a hundred commentaries on Rashi's commentary. Two most important ones are Mizrahi and the Gwari. Those who like Rashi, it's often a good way to jazz up your learning of Rashi. Look at the Gwari, see, and they'll try to figure out what was bothering Rashi, what motivated him, how would Rashi respond to his criticisms of him. Very, very interesting story. Okay, the Gwari is Maral's commentary on Rashi. Mizrahi is a fellow of Leo Mizrahi. That was his name. Okay, so let's take a look at. Source 5. But first we'll do the way he tones it down. So if you look at the second paragraph, guys, on the second page. Okay, you see how the morale tones down? I think David Bento was kind of hit to get this. Okay, look at the second paragraph. See, notice it starts with the Ramban. But now we're going down to the line that begins with Kavan. You guys see that line? Yeah? So on the end of that line. You have to film it soon, Chotzarts. Shemulokin, if you wouldn't have to. Then when you came back to Israel, the mitzvah would be new. It's not new. It's not. Why is it not new? There's only one Mount Torah. It's important our tradition is only one great moment of revelation, not multiple. So I think David, in some ways, it's your point. What's he saying at the end of the day? Whatever the reason is why you're Chayev, at the end of the day, you're Chayev. And guess what? It's the same Chayev as beforehand. 
So in some ways you can almost say, okay, this whole practice thing, that's like in the realm of Tamim and so, but it doesn't change the underlying halakhic reality. What is the underlying halakhic reality? You have to put on tefillin in Tveria, and you have to put on tefillin in Queens, right? And it's the same here that halakha does not change one iota between the Israel performance and the Chutzot's performance. So one point I would make, like, even if I'm in the Ramban and I accept this whole formulation, it's to make sure it's not novel when you come back. At the end of the day, you're chayef. So, then I think you're basically arguing that, right? So that is a way of kind of toning down the whole Rashi Ramban Sifri a little bit. Whatever the rationale is, whatever the Jewish philosophy behind it is, you're chayef, you're chayef. Okay, so you want to be halakhic about it, the halakha does not change between Eretz Yisrael and Chutzot. Okay, we're going to that so far? Okay, but I still, still think someone could say, okay, but still philosophically from the perspective, if I build on the Sifri, it really sounds like I'm saying that real, the real thing is only here, right? Even if technically I'm chayv in both places, but the real thing is only going on in the land of Israel. So I just want to show you that not everybody thought that was true, and then we're going to see different ways of relating to the Sifri. So the, the, the strongest voice that didn't think it was true, I think, is the Meshach Chachma, Rameir Simcha Cohen from Dvinsk. He passed away in 1926. Okay, he has a very powerful theory that he works throughout the Torah. He says it several times. Okay, we'll look at his theory right now. No, he does not relate to the Sifri. It'd be interesting to see if he quotes anyone. As far as I know, I've never seen him relate to the Sifri in his writings. Maybe he does somewhere. It'd be interesting to check. But he takes an important hashkafic position. Let's see what the Meshach says. It's not going to be an accident that he's making this comment on Moshe breaking the Luchot. We'll see why in a second. What's really Judaism about Torah and faith in God. The Cholak do show any idea of sanctity, Eretz Yisrael, Yushalayim, Hema, Prateh Torah. They're only, as it were, branches of Torah. Vinit Kachu Bikdushah Torah. And they only get Kedushah from the Torah. Okay, Meshachachma is a huge believer in the following guys. There's really only two things in this world that have inherent Kedushah only Hashem and the Torah. That's it. Hashem the Torah and Herod Kedusha, everything else is just a product of that. What is the implications? What he says now, guys? Ein chiluk There's no distinction. Whether it's geography or chronology. That's a pretty strong statement, right? What did he just say? Torah is the same in Israel and Chutzarts. And what's the one caveat? Levad mitzvah tuyavarts. Except, of course, for, as it were, Shemitah and Shemitah Meister. Now, he doesn't relate to the Sefri, but I think we could say, right, Mayor Simple is clearly advancing a very different kind of position. Right? He's kind of downplaying the role of a specific location. Look what he says now. It's also interesting. The Chenu Shaveh ben Ladama Gavosh this is really fascinating. Those who have democratic or egalitarian impulses will like this very much. What's his other point? This is Ramir Simcha. What did he just say? Just like there's no difference in time and place, there's no difference in people. Namely, guess what, guys? Moshe Rabbeinu has the same Torah as Yitzchak Blau. We have the same Torah. There's no difference in obligation and detail between any of us. Now, what's one of the things Ramir Simcha is trying to accomplish here? But he's really, he says this several times. He doesn't like the idea that you think that your Judaism can only be re- realized in a limited fashion. 
Like, how can I connect to God? Only if I'm standing in Yerushalayim. He doesn't like that idea. Or how can I connect to God? Only if I could be in contact with the Rebbe. Right? So I think the Meshachachim is fighting against that. That's what he's fighting against. No, you can connect to God in New Zealand. And you connect to God even if there's no rabbinic figure of greatness around. Now, I just want to point out one thing before I move on, guys. He says a really interesting shot in the break of the Lucho. Okay? Now, let's think for a second, guys. Why did Am Yisrael panic at the time of Cheda Hegel? Because they thought Moshe wasn't coming back. So, for Amir Simcha, that's precisely the danger he's nervous about. What do they think? Our connection to God can only be manifest through Moshe. And then he says an amazing. So, why does Moshe break the Lucho? There's an amazing Kiddush, guys. Because he wants to say, and there's a lot of other shots to why Moshe breaks Lucho. You could say it's an educational move. You could say Am Yisrael no longer deserves it. Guess what Amir Simcha says? Had Moshe brought the Lucho, what would the people have said? The only way to connect to God is through the Lucha. Like the Lucha would have become the magic substitute for Moshe. And according to the Meshachachma, Moshe wants to teach them, you guys connect to God no matter what. You don't need me, and you don't need the Lucha. And if that was the mistake, that's why Moshe has to make the Lucha. So notice we have, we'll get to comments in one second. Again, he doesn't relate to the Sifri, but then we could safely say, or maybe Simple is really in a different camp here. He's very adamant about the ability to have a robust relationship with Hashem, no matter where you are and no matter who you are. And therefore, he emphasizes that there isn't really a distinction between mitzvot in Eretz Yisrael and Chatzaris. David? Yes. Okay, so it's interesting. Okay, so I have wondered about this. See, I, I love this Meshach Achma. I have wondered about David's question, like, why doesn't God, he say that only God's inherently divine? Like, why does he include the Torah also? I will say, though, that we do have this idea in Kabbalistic sources, right? HaKadosh Baruch Hu Vareta Chadu. Okay, so maybe Rabbi Simcha is thinking in those terms that somehow he's more willing, I, I realize this really should be a philosophy class, guys, more willing to identify God with Torah than to identify God with a person or a land. Right, that's what emerges, right? Otherwise, the Meshach doesn't really work. He seems to say, I'm more willing to identify God with Torah than to identify God with the land of Israel or with Moshe or Binu. But maybe you could work an argument for that to me. Yeah, Ellie. Okay, but he... No, that's fine. I, I didn't mean you have to say, get into the chronology question, but I, I still know what I said is true, no? Don't you say, if you're more willing to identify God with Torah than to identify God with Eretz Israel? I don't think I don't think it needs to be true that, like, I'm thinking, I, I think, like, you could very well say that God and Torah are more essential than, like, God... Wait, sorry. Okay, interesting. Akiva, he says the line? Where were you? Oh, he does quote. I'm sorry. You're right. Akiva Garner, very good. He does quote the line. He does quote the line. Yeah, that is interesting. That, that, you know, that, that, when you write your safer about Makshama, you'll quote, quote this issue. Yeah. Alright, did you test positive or negative? Yeah, 
That'll do it. All right, even though he's positive, Don Peter's going to come along online. There'll be a four-hour debate between Don Peter and Ellie Jarrett show about the role of Eretz Israel. It's going to be great, guys. So you can either bring a book or listen to them discussing uh, the role of Eretz Israel and Judaism. Okay, next. Okay, now, so far, if we stop this year right now, what do we have? We kind of have two camps, right? The Sifri, Rashi, Ramban camp, and the Meshachachma camp. And it might sound like things are really weighted in favor of the Sifri, Rashi, Ramban. But what if some Mepharshim are going to say that there are other ways to interpret the Sifri? You could kind of co-opt the Sifri to the Meshachachma camp. Now, the Sifri sounds pretty clear. You only do mitzvah and chutzarts because they're practice. But what if the Sifri was getting at something else? What if the Sifri was saying there might be other reasons why mitzvah and chutzarts would be a challenge? But not necessarily because you're not chayev. Maybe the Sifri was making a different kind of point. Okay, and at that point, the Sifri wouldn't really be saying that inherently... Mitzvah should not apply in Chutzar. So we're going to see three or four very interesting ways to read the Sifri that way. No, Memun. Maybe I have a point to get to, but um, like another way to read the Sifri perhaps uh, would be like, uh, this is something Rosh Hashanah happens to stress a lot, is that when, like, we go to, when we're, it's very good that especially our community is very uh, uh, emerging of Zionism. At the same time, this is, this is something we also have mentioned last night, is that like, can't forget about the other six or twelve mitzvahs. It's not like Zionism versus like everything else. It's like, not only do we have to like remember the mitzvahs in Eretz Yisrael, it's not like it's like oh once we get Eretz Yisrael, it's like oh we just relax and mitzvahs. That we get Eretz Yisrael b'schos doing the mitzvahs like with Hakpada and like being like very uh, diligent in our mitzvahs. So you do them, you practice them in Chutzlaret. So when you get there, you do them at even a higher level. Like you're very uh, like, you're very diligent with the mitzvahs when you get back. Okay, good. Okay, excellent. So we're going to see, guys, I think, four readings. We have time for four meetings in ten minutes. It'll be perfect. Okay, let's start. Let's go back to the morale. Okay, the morale is going to give a rereading of the Sifri. Now, this is before the morale got to the Ramban. He's just wearing the world of Rashi now. Okay, so we're, yeah, he quotes Rashi. If you look at the last line on the first page, What does he envision when we're in Galut? It's going to be hard. Hard to settle down. Maybe they won't be want to sell us their houses. Okay, here we go. Rock al derech shelav eschirut. What's going to have it the most? We're just going to rent and borrow. In Cain lo yikaimu Yisrael mitzvah mezuzah begalut. She'en lem batim yuchadim. I'll get back to this in a second, guys. The chain tefillin b'fnei shetzarech shelo yasiach datum in a tefillin to be ameim dagat v'tirdud hagalut yoter. So what is we claim, guys? It's not about some widespread idea that mitzvahs are not obligated in chutzlarts. There are specific reasons why a chutzlarts existence might make it difficult to do these mitzvah. Right? Tefillin requires a certain seriousness. You shouldn't be distracted. Some of you guys learned this this year in Sukkah. So maybe galut, you're, like, you're just distracted all the time. right? You're, things aren't easy. You don't feel at home. And therefore, there might be a sense that I can't adequately perform the mitzvah of tefillin. Now, I have to admit, in mezuzah, there's one that surprised me a little bit. Because even if you rent a house in Chutzarts after 30 days, you are a chayv in mezuzah. But he seems to envision some kind of question, since you don't really have a permanent home, maybe you won't feel obligated in mezuzah. But notice, if this morale is right, it kind of totally neutralizes the Zafri. The Zafri had no havamina that halachic life is only in Eretz Israel, no havamina whatsoever. The Zafri had a havamina that galut will get in the way of things like tefillin and mezuzah, because of the difficulties of galut. And therefore, I needed to say, you know what? Overcome those difficulties. Even in the Galut, find a way to get yourself together enough to fulfill Tefillin. Find a way to have a permanent enough residence to fulfill Mezuzah. That is what the message of the Sifri is. No. Mm-hmm. Also, another point of chapter makes a 
lot is that he says that uh, like in quotes from Mark, I don't remember where exactly it is, but he says that like, you're allowed to leave Eretz The only time you can leave Eretz Yisrael is when like all things are equal. But he says that you're allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael if it's Lisa Yisha or Kohen Karnasa or to to learn Torah. So that's the case. How can Chazal? I mean, that's true. That's in the Gemara, which I assume we're going to be honest. It's honest about that. Like Chazal clearly didn't think that you can move out of like Kaltar Kula for the sake of like one of their one mitzvah. Ah, you can tell me like all right so the Jews are, I'm a little bit aside because I'm running out of time but I mean it is a worthy point but uh, if you don't mind I just want to make sure we get to all four approaches here yeah okay very good could you guys go quote Kamar's answer well very good how do you know that Kamar David Mentor Okay, so, so, guys, so Doug Bento, he'll be debating both L.A. Jarrett and Noah Maimouna for four hours online. Okay, what? All right, guys, I, it is really interesting debate, but I have seven minutes to go, so I'm sorry. I'm going to move on. Okay, so we got one way to do it. Let's now go to the third page, and we'll see three other really interesting things. Okay, so the Ksava Kabbalah, I'll do this outside, guys. The Ksava Kabbalah is a Yaakov Mecklenburg. You had an interesting parish on Chumash. He was a German rough in the 1800s. Okay, and he says, he notices that they're seeing the Safri and Rashi. Remember we noticed this also, guys? That Rashi said, Tefillin Mezuzah, that Safri just said, Mitzvot. So he claims that the Safri was not talking about Tefillin Mezuzah. That Safri was talking about Shumo to Maestro. What's the Safri suggesting? Maybe you should do Shumo to Maestro in Chutzar's because you'll keep in practice for Eretz Israel. So obviously, if he's right, that would totally neutralize the Safri also. The Safri was never talking about Kol Kula. The Safri was done at Mitzvah and Arts. Now, of course, the difficulty with the Ksava Kabbalah is what we said before. Rashi did not arbitrarily pick Tefillin and the Mezuzah. Rashi picked Tefillin and the Mezuzah because that's what the Pesukim are about. So I have to admit, it is a difficult reading, but he does something extremely clever. You guys are either going to love this or hate this. You're not allowed to be indifferent. Okay, look at the four last four lines. After he makes this distinction between Safri and Rashi, he wants to read it back into Rashi. There's a great word to know. Who knows what a shibush is? Uh, a mistake. Good. Maybe there's a mistake in Rashi. Max Goldstein, you in there? Yeah. Are you learning Tanakh? What are you learning? No, I'm learning Okay, great. You're a serious guy, Max. Okay, even though you still have to bring me your dad's book. Okay, so there's a mistake in Rashi. There's an amazing guy. Think what he says. What did Rashi write on his manuscript? Key mitzvahs, which ones? Tough love mem. Josh Milstein got it, he's a smart guy. And then, unfortunately, a later scribe misread Rashi. Rashi wrote tough love mem. What did Rashi mean according to the Ksav Kabbalah? Shubhana wrote, but a silly scribe thought he meant? Tefillin umazuzah, not bad, huh? Guys, a pretty remarkable Ksav Kabbalah. So after, now let me make a point guys, if you're not convinced by this, it's not so crucial for Rashi, because again, the Sifri never said which mitzvah. So it's easier for the Ksav to read this into the Sifri than to read this into Rashi. But he even wants to read into Rashi. He wants to claim that Rashi said Shubhut HaMaisrod, but a scribe then made a mistake and made it Tefillin HaMazuzah. Although I have to give the Ksav credit for honesty. Look at the last line. Om nam re'iti Ramban. Ah, but the Ramban, who's not so long after, although he has 200 years after Rashi, what's Lahatik? Copied, very good. 
See, no, guys, if you're a scholar, what are you trying to do? Well, let's see people who are a little bit after Rashi, did they have Rashi's Nusuch or not? Did they quote, because that would obviously make it harder to argue there's a mistake. See, he does notice, you know, when Ramban quotes Rashi, he quotes Rashi exactly as we have it. So you'd have to say the scribal error happened pretty quickly. But it happened between Rashi's time and Ramban's time. Yeah, Josh? Shumo Maser often used as like a term to just say Mitzvotli Yavaretz. Like, why wouldn't Rashi, wouldn't Rashi just say Mitzvotli Yavaretz in abbreviation? Okay. The truth is, I have to admit, guys, even though I admit my heart is more the Meshachachamad than the Ramban on this one, that because the specific Mitzvot in the section are Tzvotli Mitzvot, I think actually it's unlikely that Ksafa Kabbalah is right about this. Because again, had Rashi just picked two Mitzvot arbitrarily, I think you might have a good point. But it's not arbitrary. He's clearly just reading the second paragraph of Shema, where the Mitzvot in question are... So I admit, I actually think that's more likely that, th- that this is all true and it was really true. I do not think that's so likely. Okay, let's do two more. Okay, and uh, then we'll wrap it up. These are the most interesting. Okay, the Radvaz, right, David ibn Zimra, was a posik in Egypt in the 1400s. He has a lot of chua, a lot of beautiful chua. Look what he says. He says the Sifri is at straight value. It's about, it's about Tzvila but it's not what you think. Fourth line, in the middle of the line. Why does God have to warn them? What does he want to claim? What's the Sifri getting at? It's a very beautiful shot. It's going to be tough, right? We know we Jews have been around for a long time. And obviously we've had different treatments by different peoples. But we've suffered a lot. There's been a, we've, we can't deny it. There's been a lot of anti-Semitism, a lot of religious persecution. And that might mean that in the Galut, it's particularly difficult to keep mitzvot. There might be this temptation, no, keeping mitzvot makes us separate, and then we're a target. And at that point, there might be this desire to assimilate, right? Some of you may know, you know, in the 1800s, people would talk about baptism as kind of your ticket into Western civilization. Right? That was your entry ticket. Right? And then you could not deal anymore with having to, the difficulties of Jewish uh, persecution. So, but at that point, notice, it, I think the Rav is a very powerful shot, but if the Rav is right, what was the Medrash's Havamina? Not that mitzvot don't apply in Chutzarts, but rather that the difficulties of Chutzarts will make it very hard to keep mitzvot. It might motivate you to drop it. And therefore, this is free saying, no, we want to make sure you keep it up. Now, this might sound a little bit like Maral, but notice, I think it's much broader than Maral. Because what did the Maral say? It's not about the difficulties of Chutzarts in general. It was specifically in terms of Tilamazuzah. Right? There might be technical halachic reasons why you'd stop keeping them in Chutzlarts, right? Because of Hesachadah and the like. I think for the Radvaz, it's a much more powerful and broader idea, right? You might think that Mitzvah in general are just too difficult and trying, given the difficulties of Chutzlarts. I will say one more thing, guys, and I think here's where a little historical consciousness is helpful, and this is true for me too, not just for you guys. I think most of us who grew up in America in the late 20th century or early 21st century, it's hard to relate to this a little bit, because it's really, in contemporary America, it's not difficult to keep Mitzvah. I mean, no one's persecuting us. Right, but even talk to your great-grandparents, like those who came to America, say, in the 20s and 30s, right, then it was really hard. It was hard to be Shomer Shabbos and have a job. Right, so we, and I'm not saying we should be un- unhappy. It's great. It's great that we live in an easier time. But just have a little historical consciousness of how much of Jewish history it was difficult, right, to, uh, much more difficult to keep, to adhere to a halakhic lifestyle. Okay, last shot. Okay, so in Source 9, we have the Nefesh Yonah, done this with Yonah and Ibishitz. And he says a very interesting idea. We'll close with this. Okay, oh, very good. How do you, very, you should be sure you're a Jewish show. Okay, we'll have to figure out, guys, so there's a competition. 
also online we'll have a competition. Who is the most yeshivish guy in yeshiva? Is it Noah Maimon or Eli Jarosho? Okay, that was also a lot of fun stuff is going on. You think it's a no-brainer? No-brainer? Okay. Josh Shapiro says no-brainer. Okay. Okay. They're both in my van. I have to listen to the whole thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, wait, guys, there's something contradictory to say it's a no-brainer. You have to ask, who is the no-brainer? Right? Doesn't that kind of undermine the entire thing? Okay. <laughs> you can't do that. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, who's the no-brainer? Okay. So there we go. Let's go to Vyodionis and Ibishitz. He says here in the third line, Vine kamoat tefillin shem alav him chotam v'ot ki yudi this is very powerful shot. According to Jonas and Ibishitz, why is this a free focus on Tefillin and Mezuzah? What's the idea? They're very, very public. Right, you have a Mezuzah. Let's say you're a question like, should I be publicly Jewish or not? What could be a bigger symbol than to put a Mezuzah on your door? Right, that is a powerful symbol of public Jewish identity. Says Rabbi Yonatan Ibishitz, "Ume ata yesh lamar de zel peshes afree de gam begalud v'kashartim laot dainu begalui leinkol." Ah, I think this is very powerful, and uh, this is like a sure claim. It's more a little bit like a machshavish here. According to Rabbi Ibishitz, what's the idea of the afree, guys? It's a little bit different. It's different than the um, than the Radvaz. What the Radvaz say? Keep mitzvot, even though gold is difficult, guys. According to Rabbi Ibishitz, what's the point? Not keep mitzvot per se, but be willing, be willing to be publicly Jewish, even though that's not the same point. You could say, I'll be very diligent and keep all the mitzvot, but I'll keep everything on a very under-the-radar kind of thing. Like, not so good to be this publicly proud Jew. So I think for Yonas and Ibishis, the Sifri is a call for public pride in your Jewishness. Like, don't be ashamed of it. Don't be embarrassed about it. Do it, right? Obviously, do it in a way that's not overbearing, that, you know, you're not giving people a hard time, but... Why shouldn't you be proud of your missus on the door? Okay, so just to sum the whole year, guys, because I already read it a little bit over time, I'm going to talk about it in a second. We now have, and like in many Ashkafic topics, guys, both approaches are true. You could be Dove Inventor, you could be Ali Show, it's all good. Right, you could go to this free Rashi Ramban approach. I think there's no denying it at the end of the day. They do seem to say that all Mitzvah are meant for the land of Israel. I think, they, I think that's the Ramban. I think you have to face the facts. That's what the Ramban says. And even Tfilin is a better performance in Israel. You do have that Ramban. However, you do have the other side. We saw the Meshachachma was very adamant about it, that it doesn't depend on a person, it doesn't depend on a location. Okay, we understood what was motivating the Meshachachma. And then we had four possible reinterpretations of the Sifri. Just a view for one second. Can you get them all down, guys? If you're the Ksava Kabbalah, how do you read the Sifri? The Sifri was never... Ksava Kabbalah, guys? It was never about Tzfilin and Mezuzah, it was about... Shunamayisra. If you're the Maral, how do you tone down the Sifri? It was about Tzvizah because there's specific issues regarding their performance. But the two that are most important to me are the Radvaz and Ravim Sanabishitz. If you're the Radvaz, what's trying the Sifri? Life in the Golod is going to be difficult. Find a way to keep your traditions anyway. Okay, that is the Radvaz, which we Jews have done for 2,000 years. Very impressive thing. And that's Radvaz, Ravim Not only keep them, but... Be proud of them. We've a lot to be proud of in our tradition. All right, guys. Everybody should have a great job. I'm looking forward to spending Shabbos with you. Yeah. Ashrei, Yoshrei, 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 Y